Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Come on, Church Alive, let's stand to our feet. Come on, in the overflow. Can we just thank God? We just stay standing just for a moment. You know, this morning, how many appreciated the fact that we started church at 12 o'clock, by the way? How many appreciate Jesus showed up that it was about 50 degrees warmer today than it was last Sunday? I'm just giving you little things to praise God for. You know, I, I rode past the Elks Lodge today. And uh, it's funny, when I used to preach at the Elks Lodge, I used to imagine a group of people lining up to get in that place. That never happened. <laughs> we probably hit 80 people there. But then uh, I rode past the Williams Center today too. I used to imagine a, a line of people riding around that building. That didn't quite happen either, though. But I thank God for the place where God refused to keep us. Where sometimes what we thought was an answered prayer or what He wanted, He actually had more in store. And sometimes that's the truth of our lives, that sometimes we are limiting God by what we are personally imagining for our own lives. And uh, man, I just, uh, I'm just humbled by the grace of God. Miriam and I started this church um, with six people in a basement. And to see what God's done over the last, especially four years. It's been absolutely amazing. So come on one more time. Can we just give the Lord a hand? Praise God. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Today's a big day. It's a big day for a number of reasons. It's a big day because... I get to share with you the word that the Lord puts on my heart. For about the last nine years, we've had a specific word for each year. And um, I'll share that with you more towards the end of the message. And I pray that your heart is open. I pray that your spirit is receptive. And I pray that wherever it hits you, you may not even get it the first moment. And, and, and uh, that's okay. Just keep praying about it. Keep thinking about it. And allow it to do something in your heart and plant. Um, it's, a, it's an exciting day because we are launching Church Alive's uh, second song. Isn't that exciting? Come on, give that a huge hand. It's anointing weekend and, and uh, man, many of you will get prayer today and, and get breakthrough today, but all month long. But I want to share one other thing real quick. Um, I did something three years ago. I did something for me. I started working on a planner. I wanted to take the transform principles and I wanted to write them for me. And if you talk to my wife, my wife would tell you that I'm not the most organized person. 
So I was writing a planner that would help me get more out of me. And I've been working on this thing for like three years. And finally I got it to the point where I was like, this thing's awesome. And then I, I, I wrote it. And then I was like, you know what? This is actually going to help a ton of other people too. And so we decided to put it actually live and put it in a digital planner. And in a couple of weeks, um, if you're more of that type of person who likes to write it down, but you can write it down like on my iPad, I can I download it. But today, I, someone say today, um, we are actually launching Transform the Planner. And um, this is a, you can take a picture of the QR code. And what I want to tell you is this is a mentoring tool. If I could come alongside your life, if I could meet the Anthony from 20 years ago, I'd want to give him this. And it's a mentoring tool, it's a discipleship tool, and it's a personal development tool. That's really what it is. Um, and I want to give you, if you uh, take a picture of that, and obviously you can do that later and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Church Alive gets the absolute cheapest. That's exciting. No one was excited, but... So there's a promo code on it, and the promo code is 252. And um, if you just enter the promo code, you get it like 40% off, because uh, that's for you. And if, if you take this thing seriously for three months, and you don't think it's worth it, I'll double whatever you paid for it, because I don't believe you. Does that make sense? So um, anyway, there's, there's that, and I'm excited for that. I actually think it's going to help thousands and thousands of people um, all over the world. Amen? Can we pray together before we get into it? I know you've been standing a while now, especially those in the overflow. You feel like, when are we going to sit? You're about to sit. It's okay. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. You see every man, you see every woman, you see every person in the overflow, you see every child in our kids' space, you see every marriage, you see every single person, you see every teenager. God, you see every single one. And God, I don't take them for granted. Holy Spirit, would you help your son, but would you help your servant, help your people today, help them see what they need to see. Help this year, Lord, things that have been dormant perhaps in them for a long time. Lord, let them come to life, I pray, in Jesus' name. Let faith that's been just sitting on the on the on the edge of greatness become great I pray that business ideas and faith ideas and leadership ideas and and your Lord just whatever it is that you want to whisper into people's heart today I ask in the name of Jesus that you would do something significant at church alive but in every man every woman in every marriage in the name of Jesus I pray come on pray this simple prayer say Jesus I open my mind I open my heart to your word and I declare today by your grace, by your love, I can become all you desire in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand one more time. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, grab your seat and tell the person you look amazing for the first day of the year. The title of my talk today is The Power of a Godly Vision. The Power of a Godly Vision. I was at Walgreens the other day and um, I noticed 
there was uh, this magazine there, who even reads magazines anymore, but anyway, they're still trying to sell stuff. And uh, there was Psychology Today, and on Psychology Today, the front cover, it said, find your purpose. Find your purpose. And I was like, cool. And then I was at the gym the other day, and on the TV of the gym, uh, there was, um, I think it was USA Today or one of those shows, and they had a medium on there, and they were talking to the medium, and and the title was, unlock your purpose in 2023. It's a sad day when uh, we love to put mediums on TVs and not Christian pastors on TVs because they'll lead you down a wrong track. How many know that? Um, I don't know about you at the start of the year. How many of you are goal setters? Say yes. How many are not? Say no. Uh, you're embarrassed to say it, weren't you? You're just like, I, that, I'm going to get judged. there's something in us that searches for purpose because God made us for a purpose. God made you for a reason. You are not a waste of space. You're not a waste of time. Even if you're a mistake in your mommy and daddy's eyes, you are not a mistake in God's eyes. Someone say amen. Uh, God has a purpose for your life. And uh, we bump into a passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 where Isaiah encounters God. Someone say encounters God. Here's the scripture verse, chapter 6 verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, and with two they covered their face, and with two they covered their, their feet, and with two he flew, and one called to one another, And said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand in a burning coal that had been taken from the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth and said behold this has touched your lips your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for and I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us and then I said here I am send me I started to think about goals and I like goals I like to set goals don't know if I'm always the greatest goal attainer but I like to set goals Uh, I started to think about this though that at the start of a year how do you make right goals if your sight is blurred how can we make right goals and plans without first allowing God to adjust our sight to see what is most important someone say most important Let me say that again. How can we make right goals? Someone say right goals. See, even if you have goals or don't have goals, it doesn't really matter. You are headed in a certain direction, aren't you? And you can't make them unless you've had a moment where God is adjusting your life. Here's what I believe about this prophet Isaiah is that we can safely assume that the prophet Isaiah, he has a a godly vision, but he was a worshiping man. Some would say a worshiping man. Sometimes I think we can wrongly assume as, as men, honestly, 
that worship is a bit more for women than it is for men. You're kind of like, oh, women like to sing, put out their hands, oh, that's nice for them and so forth. But I just want to say to you today that worship men is about focus. Worship is about focus. Worship is about the giving of honor. Someone say, give honor. We don't need to seek honor. We need to give honor. And if we'll give honor long enough, we'll actually get honor. Worship is an expression of praise. Worship is the adoration of the attributes of God. Jack Hayford said this about worship, the incredible pastor from California. He said this, worship changes the worshiper into the image of the one worshiped. Worship changes the worshiper into the image of the one worshiped. That's the thing. Whatever you focus on, whatever is the center of your attention, you eventually start becoming more like it. Haven't you found that? Why do you think our world is so crazy? Because we keep staring at people instead of staring at God. See, the more you stare at people, we end up changing and morphing and becoming more of a mess. And then you stare at more people who are more of a mess. And eventually you become more of a mess. Be careful who you follow on Instagram and Twitter. Be Be careful who you follow on TikTok. If they're a mess, you'll eventually become a mess. Right? You've got to learn to follow the right people. And Isaiah is having a a vision of God. And he begins to see God. I found this. I want to encourage you again at the start of the year. Go and worship again. Let me encourage you again. Go and worship again. Why? So you can go and see again. Are you getting this, Church Alive? How many are too tired from last night? All right, just checking. Some of you are like, I went to bed at 11. I'm proud of it. I was talking to people today. They're like, I don't stay up till 12. That's for the devil. I was like, all right. I was up past 12. The atmosphere of heaven is true worship. Someone say true worship. The atmosphere of earth is false worship. And the battle of your life will be to bring appropriate worship to God. The battle of the Bible is to bring appropriate worship. You won't understand humanity unless you understand that we live in a world at war that is battling for worship. Do you know Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve fell? That was a battle of worship. Genesis 4, the first murder in the history of mankind, the battle of worship. Noah, it was about worship. Abraham was about worship. Isaac, about worship. Jacob, about worship. Israel, the nation, was about worship. Moses comes and sets Israel free. Says, let my people go so that they might go and worship me. The the battle was over worship. King Saul lost his kingdom because of false worship. David actually attracted and was a magnet to the things of God because of right worship. And do you know that every king in the entire Old Testament, as you read through 1 Kings and 2 Kings and the judges and so forth, they were all judged on whether their worship was appropriate or not. The last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, Malachi chapter 1, it's about false worship. Malachi chapter 3, it's about what is right worship. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is battling the devil and it's about... It's about worship. When the book of Acts and the early church spread, they spread worship and they pulled down false worship. The book of Romans is about false worship and true worship. Galatians, they're going back to old worship. 
Corinthians, it's about right worship and wrong worship. I don't know if you're getting the trend of this in the Bible at all. Galatians, Ephesians is about appropriate worship. Colossians, set your mind that you might worship. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Hebrews, it's about worship. James, what's appropriate worship? 1 Peter, 2 Peter, what's appropriate worship? 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, love people, that's appropriate worship. Jew, don't follow teachers that are false worshippers. Are you getting it? (laughs) Revelation chapter 1 is about worship. Revelation 2 and 3, he's correcting their worship. Revelation 4 and 5, worship. (laughs) Go to the end of the Bible, just go to the last chapter. It's about God coming down and getting worship. If I could summarize the Bible for you today in one word, worship. It's a battle of worship. You might be like, I'm not that into worship. Yes, you are. Because the heart of man cannot not worship. You can worship education, you can worship pleasure, you can worship money, you can worship status. You can do all the right things for all the wrong reasons. You can be a pastor for the wrong reason and the right reason. You can be rich for the wrong reason and the right reason. You can marry someone for the right reason and the wrong wrong reason. You can read your Bible for the wrong reason and the right reason. You can give for the right reason and the wrong reason. It is a worshipping man that sees the Lord in his right place. Let me give you a couple of practical thoughts here just for a second. Someone say, go and worship again. Come on, one more time. Say, go and worship again. At the start of this year, as a church in January, I'll have our pastors and team and myself and different people jump on Instagram and just share something from the book of Proverbs, but I want to say this, from the lens of worship. Um, How many of you think you should probably read more of the Bible this year? Say yes. If you're wise, say yes. If you want to get wiser, what are you going to do? Read more of the Bible this year. And uh, we're going to start off in the book of Proverbs just for the month of January and just dive into it. And one chapter a day I've found keeps stupidity at bay. And some of you need it. And guess what? All of us are in the sum. All of us need it. Go and worship again. Why do we fast once a month as a church? We're going to fast the first Tuesday of each month as a church. Why? Because we discipline ourselves. Because don't just worship in the highs. Otherwise, God will bring you to the lows so that you'll find Him again. I'd rather fast so that I'm aligned right, so that my worship is right, so he doesn't need to send me trouble. I'm teaching myself trouble by fasting. I'm I'm teaching myself self-control through fasting. I'm teaching myself flesh, you're not in control. Flesh, you're not the dominating factor. Flesh, there's more important things than feeding my body. I'm gonna give up something physical so that I can partake of something spiritual. And just first Tuesday of of the month, we'll fast together. And I believe that helps us worship. Isaiah started with worship. What's interesting, he then sees again. Someone say, go see again. Go worship again. Go, go, go see again. Isaiah sees God. Someone say, see God. 
We don't know if it's, is it a dream, is it a vision, but he sees the wonder of God, the holiness of God. says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the angels around the throne, they're, they're, they're literally, um, they're, they're circling God. And it's, it, it, it's as if at each moment they're seeing a new attribute of God. And so they're literally crying out, holy, holy, holy. They don't need a new song. God is so amazing and beautiful. They don't need a new song. They just see him in a different light. And every time they see him in a new light, they cry out, holy. He begins to see again. But what's interesting, he doesn't just see God again. He starts to see himself again. And the Bible says this, that actually he is a man of unclean lips. Have you ever been in worship and just decided, you know what, you shouldn't do certain things? But if you leave worship for long enough, how many of you know that that sense of conviction on your life actually starts to leave your life? You miss church two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, all of a sudden it's almost like, oh yeah, that, whole, that, that holy thing, that, that grace thing, yeah, that's nice, but I'm in control now. And Isaiah sees himself, but I love that God doesn't leave him there. He sees his own mistakes and failures, and then... An angel comes and grabs something from the altar, this hot coal, and gives it to him. Teaches us this, that it's only heaven that can cleanse. It's only heaven that can cleanse. Our world dismisses often the standards of God, but you always find that our world then looks and goes, why are we so broken? But it's God who cleanses. And I want to encourage you at the start of this year, go worship again. Go see again. Go see God again and go see yourself again. But then say, God, align me again. You may be doing the right thing, but just bring God your heart again and say, God, help my heart be in the right place again. Are you with me, church? And then out of seeing again, he starts to hear again. Someone say, hear again. Come on, say, hear again. He begins to hear the cry of heaven and it says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. It, it is interesting that he worships. It's interesting that he sees. And now he's in a position to hear heaven's heart. Are you getting this, church? He, he's worshiping, he's seeing, but now he's starting to hear. Man, one of the, don't, one of the reasons I'd so encourage you never come late to worship is God wants you to hear something again. He wants to adjust something in your marriage again. He wants to adjust something in your business again. He wants, you, he wants you to literally not align with certain people, but you'll be blind to it and deaf to it unless you hear again. We don't just need conviction. I don't just need conviction when I was 19 that God called me to preach. I need conviction. I need to hear it again. And in worship, I found God lets me hear it again. Are you with me, church? Hear heaven's cry again. Matthew 28. Therefore go into all the world and make disciples. Someone say disciples. We are a discipleship church. We're, we're not just, we don't just want people saved. Though we want people saved, we are a discipleship church. What do I mean by that? I'm, uh, salvation is the work of God. And discipleship is the work of men who are working with God. 
It's interesting, recently I was hearing a pastor preach and he was talking about, God, we need revival and we need revival. But as I observe the teachings of Scripture, I don't actually find the Apostle Paul praying much for revival. In the New Testament, you don't really see it. What you actually see is him praying for the Christian that the Christian would just be all they're meant to be. And so he's praying that they would be disciples because disciples produce revival. Are you with me, church? We are not a church just waiting for revival to come one day in the by and by. No, we are disciple-making church so that we carry revival. Our, our, our worship team carries revival. The pastors carry revival. Our youth must carry revival. Our transform groups must carry revival. Why? By being about discipleship. Are you with me? Someone say, go worship again. Someone say, go see again. Go hear again. Have you lost your passion for God? Go worship again. Go see again. And out of that will come the voice of the Lord. And then he says, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm ready to send. I've, I've seen the Lord and I've cleansed and aligned my life with heaven's cleansing. And now I've heard him again. And guess what? Now I've got passion again. And now I'm ready to go again. Are you with me? Let me bump into another passage of scripture that I think is important for us. 1 Kings chapter 18. To me, it is the okay corral of the Bible. It is like the smackdown of the Bible. You ever heard of the smackdown in WWE? This is the original. Elijah is Hulk Hogan. Elijah is the rock of the day. Except he's not pretending 450 people die and more. They are leading a country in false worship. Someone say false worship. And they need, a, they need a prophet who's a worshiping prophet. They need a prophet who's a seeing prophet. They need a prophet who is a, a hearing prophet. And the prophet hears what he is to do. And he actually sets it up. And he literally says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to set up an altar here. We're going to set up an altar here. And you Baal and Ashtoreth guys, why don't you pray until fire comes? And the Bible says they pray and they cry out all day and they cut themselves and he starts to mock them it's like hey is Baal on the bathroom has he used too many laxatives really if you if you see it he's mocking them for hours and they're cutting themselves and finally the Bible says there's no response no one heard no one came like it was just rubbing it in no one came no one heard no response you're like okay and Elijah does something beautiful. He's heard God. He's seen God. And then he restores the altar. Someone say the altar. The altar is the place of worship. And he restores 12 stones. The 12 stones speak of who Israel is. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. And they become the 12 tribes. See, the altar is broken down. They've lost who they are. When you false worship, you'll always lose who you are. When you false worship, you'll always lose who you are. So the first thing he does is he restores worship and he reminds them who they are. And then he takes something precious, the most precious commodity of a day when there's three years of drought. The, the most precious commodity is water. 
and he pours water all over the sacrifice. And then he doesn't just do it once, he does it again and he does it again. Do you know how disrespectful that is? In a time of famine, he's pouring water. That's, that's like someone burning money in front of you when you have no money. Like, what, what, what are you doing? But you just burn a $100 bill. I need $100 and he's just doing it again. Oh, watch me. Benjamin, Franklin, Grant, Jackson. I'm just burning it in front of you. I'm burning the water. And then he has this incredible victory. And then in 1 Kings chapter 18, the Bible says this, verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink. Now let me just remind you, it hasn't rained yet. Someone said, no rain. And then he says this, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. This worshiping prophet, this seeing prophet, this hearing prophet, he is, he's talking of something that is not there yet, but he's heard something in his spirit. He's heard something in here. And he says to them, go, rain's coming. What I like about this prophet, he doesn't just go say, God's going to do it. Someone say, God's going to do it. He goes up to the mountain and he brings a friend. Someone say, bring a friend. He goes up to the mountain and he brings a friend and then he prostrates himself on the ground and he starts to pray. And he goes, tells Kieran, come here. Come over here, man. Sorry, you got to be the servant. If I did it better, you'd be Elijah and I'd be the servant. But I want you to stand right here. Look at them. Look how good looking Kieran is, by the way. <laughs> Elijah is praying and there's not a cloud in the sky. And he goes to tell his servant, Hey, would you go look for me and see if there's a cloud? Would you go look, Kieran, over there in that direction and see if there's a cloud? And then come back and tell me if there's a cloud? Is there a cloud? Go again. No? Go again. No cloud. Elijah, I don't even think he looks because he's praying this God word in his heart and he knows God's going to show up. He's just not sure when. Any cloud? You've got to go three more times before there's a cloud. I need you to know the story a little better. No, sir. Go again. Come back. Any cloud? Go again. Come back. Kieran, is there any cloud? There's a cloud now. What, what, what size is it? It's all right, it's all right. Hang with me. Hold, hold, your, hold your hand out like this. That's how big the cloud is. The size of a man's hand. And then he goes and says, go tell the king. The rain's coming. 
take a seat for a moment. Elijah has had tremendous victory. Some say victory. But after his victory, he doesn't lose his worship. He doesn't lose his prayer. Here's what's interesting. He doesn't lose his servant. He doesn't lose the team. Sometimes after your biggest victory, it's your greatest moment where you can actually fall. But he brings a, a man like Kieran next to him. Say, I'm going to go on a mountain, but not by myself. Because maybe he knows himself. He knows he's a fool by himself. That's a word for someone. Because you know often by yourself, it's where you get in trouble. He brings his friend and he's praying and he's praying and nothing happens yet. But he keeps praying. Tells me prayer matters. But persistent prayer matters. Not casual prayer, not lottery prayer. Persistent prayer. Do we have any persistent prayers? Maybe you're not there yet. You can become it. Get to 6 a.m. men's prayer. Get to ladies' prayer. Get to, get to prayer. Prayer changes things. And he tells the servant, go again. Have you ever served God and you felt like nothing happened? Here's Kieran. I've done what God wanted me to do. Nothing happened. Elijah, you missed it this time. Elijah, you didn't hear it. He says, go again. Man, why doesn't he go? Have you ever said that? Why doesn't, why doesn't God go do it? Because he wants you to go do it. Why doesn't God give? Why don't you give? Like, go again. And he says to him again, go again. Three times, four times, five times, six times. Finally on the seventh time. Is there a breakthrough? And I felt like in my heart, in September of this year, I felt like in my heart, the Lord gave me a, not just one word, He gave me a phrase that I think is a phrase that I pray that affects you, affects your family, affects your business. But I felt like the phrase the Lord gave me for this year was go again. Go worship again. Go pray again. Go see again. Go hear again, Church Alive. Go serve again. Go tell again. Go disciple again. Go transform again. Go and lead when? Again. Say with me, go again. Come on, say go again. Come on, give the Lord a hand for a moment. Stay standing for a moment. Those in the overflow, stay standing. I've run out of time, but let me say this. Sometimes go again means go home again. Go home again. Go do a date night again. Go forgive again. Go love again. If you're a parent, go parent again. Do it with all your heart. Some of you stepped out in business this year. Go again. Some of you brought a new attitude to business in 2022, but you started to let the old one creep in at the end of the year. Let me just suggest to you today, go again with a fresh attitude that this is for Jesus. 
Let me say to our kids' ministry, go again. Our youth ministry, go again. Let me say to the things that we're doing overseas, let's go again. With Believe and Build, let's go again. Are you, are you desired to do something and make a difference? Go again. Some people stepped out into the, even the government realm. Go again. Might have failed this time. Go again. Let me share this quick story with you. You ever been to the circus? Some of you know. Isn't it weird at the circus that you see an elephant and he's tied up by a little rope. It's this huge, massive elephant. And he could literally just kick it out if he wanted to. But they trained him when he was young. They trained him at six months and three months and nine months and one year old. They put this huge thing on him. And he would kick it and fight it and it'd even bleed. And so he just learned, no, you're tied here. You're limited here. And I just felt like in my heart, one of the reasons we so need prayer in our church and we so need people who come to the front and get prayer, hear me now. The truth is there's some limitations that are so small, but you don't think they're small, you think they're big. Do you know when we went from the Elks Lodge, when we went from Kearney to Rutherford, I was afraid to do it. And I look back now and I thank God we didn't listen to the fear. And then when we moved to the Williams Center, I was afraid to do it. We took down our first staff member. We were a little bit afraid to do it. When we moved to Clifton, we were afraid to do it. When we moved back, I was kind of like afraid, like maybe if it goes wrong. When we moved to this place, do you know when I first wrote my first book, you know some of the thoughts that would come in my head, who do you think you are writing a book? Do you know when I wrote a planner? Do you know some of the thoughts are, who do you think you are to do a planner? But I'm glad. I didn't listen to the rope. I'm glad I didn't listen to the rope. I drove past the Williams Center. I drove past the Elks Lodge today. I drove past this pathetic looking excuse of a building that we thought we were going to use. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad we didn't get stuck there. I'm so glad we didn't allow the limitations to limit us. God wants to take some limitations off some people. You are his sons and are his daughters. But what's limiting you? Go again. Go again. Let me say this to you real quick. Something like, ah, Anthony, that's that, that hype. Personal development stuff. Listen to me. How many know you could, in the next year, if you did the wrong things, you could ruin your life? So let me just challenge you with this. If you don't believe you can change, most people, they don't believe they can change for the positive, but let me say to you, you can change for the negative. So if you can change for the negative, can you change for the positive? It's just harder. Are you with me? Coming all across this place, would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands to heaven? Father, I pray for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice right now. And in the name of Jesus, Let your word bear fruit. Let your word bear fruit. Let it get in their minds and in their hearts. Let it 
Let them take it home. Let them take it to work. Let them take it in business. Let them take it to the house of God. God, I believe for a go again about this church. I believe it's going to be more expansive, God. I believe you're going to take the limits off some people. And it's, it's going to be subtle at first for some of you. But in the name of Jesus, great things start small. Great things start small. So I pray for the greatness that you put within each and every single one of these people. Lord, let there be new songs. Let, let there be new books. Let there be new fresh business. Let there be new leaders. But I pray for fresh disciples. I, I pray for the impact of only what only heaven can breathe. In the name of Jesus, I pray. your hand on your heart for a moment. Say this with me today. I receive God's Word, God's grace, God's love. By faith, I step out. By faith, I can grow. By faith, I can change. It might be small, but I'm going to keep growing. this place let the word of the Lord be revealed let the word of the Lord be revealed eyes closed all across this place maybe you came in today and you've never asked Jesus in your heart that's your first step that's your first step maybe you're here today and Many years ago, you came to faith, but it's got dormant, dead, buried. It seems like it's far away. I want us to, I want us to pray a simple prayer and let that prayer connect us to the one who made us. Come on all across this place. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me, loving me. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the dead. You have a plan for my life. And right now, I ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse me, wash me. Help me know you in Jesus' name. With eyes closed all across this place, if you made business with God today for the first time receiving Christ, or secondly, you know you're far away from God and you need to come back to Him. All across this place, would you raise your hand and raise it up high? All across this place, thank you. Thank you. Raise it up high, long enough for me to see it. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Those in the back there, that's awesome today. Those in the front there, that's awesome today. Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Those in the overflow today, praise God for you. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In the name of Jesus, bless and strengthen your people now. In Jesus' name. Church of Life, can we give the Lord a hand one more time in the house of God? Come on, do you receive God's word?